that my best to remember, I forgot last Oh, you'll be down there. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael. I'm very happy and excited. <coughs> excuse me. Happy and excited to see you all here today um, as we prepare to celebrate All Saints Sunday. Um, a couple of quick uh, announcements. This afternoon we have our charge conference meeting, which is our annual like church business meeting. Um, ours is at four o'clock. Uh, we are meeting at the Methodist Church in Dundee. Um, I don't know where in Dundee is because I haven't been there yet. Um, I know where the water park and the hotel are, but um, I asked if we could have the conference there, and I was told no because um, <clears throat> it's not open yet. That was the only reason. Um, if, uh, if you're planning on coming and you would like to, uh, there are some people who are going to carpool. Um, they're going to leave from here at 3.15, so if you would like to carpool, 
please get here around probably like three-ish, uh, just to give you guys time to figure out who's going in what car and all that. Um, do we have any announcements over this way? Oh, sure. OK. <laughs> um, I wouldn't let you down. Uh, OK, we're working on putting some Thanksgiving food baskets for uh, families that are, have food insecurity over the holiday. It was working before. I'm on. I'm on. Uh, we're going to uh, put a list out, and we're going to be collecting some canned goods and things for families to be distributed to families from Bishop Elementary. And then we're still planning on having a monthly potluck on November 20th. It'll be like a Thanksgiving potluck. At, we're going to decorate the church on that day after service. And then about 1 o'clock, we'll gather in the fellowship hall and have a little Thanksgiving meal and share some fellowship time. Okay. Anybody else got anything for the good of the cause? I feel like I'm forgetting something, but that's normal. All right. Well, that is some of the ministry and the business and the fun stuff we do around here. Um, I'm going to turn things over to our praise band to get us started this morning. Uh, so I'm going to let Teresa tell you all about it. Good morning, and we have a special presentation of an anthem called 10,000 Reasons, and if you wish to follow along, it is in the red folder in your pew uh, near the back, number 78, 10,000 Reasons. So thank you. And you don't need to stand. You can sing with if you wish, but otherwise uh, listen and uh, prepare for worship.
One quick note, um, if you look in your pews, you will hopefully see one of these. Um, if you are willing to uh, just sign in, um, if you're a member with us, it just helps us kind of check in, see how you're doing. And if you're a guest with us, we promise we won't like overdo you with mail and stuff. We usually just like to send a, a thank you for joining us in worship today. Now, with gratitude for God's blessings through the power at work in Christ Jesus, we gather now the gifts of the church for the sake of the gospel. Our offerings are made up of not just our tithes, but more importantly, also our time and our talents and our prayers. Please rise as you are able. Join us in our doxology number 95 in the Red Hymnal. Holy One, all that we are, 
all that we have comes from you. You bless our lives with the companionship of your people, the freedom that comes from forgiveness of sin, the joy of thanksgiving for earth and all its bounty. Turn us towards those in need in the name of the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. You may be seated, and it is now a time for all of God's children. And <clears throat> remember, you're all God's children. So anyone is invited to come up and join us. Easy, easy. All right, how are you guys doing this morning? See, we have a theme going. <coughs> and I love your dress and your socks. Those are pretty cool. Those are pretty cool. I do not have socks like that. All right, so... Do you remember what we're learning about this month? That's right, seeking and being devoted to God. And we've talked about some, but there are a ton of people in the Bible who their commitments, they committed their lives, everything that they had to God and to what God needed them to do. Can you think of somebody in your life who has a really strong faith. I can think of people in your lives that do. Well, I would say, in the case of you two, I would say your grandma's got a pretty, pretty strong faith. What about you guys? Okay, I, I would agree. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, that's all right. Actually, yes, I know. Okay. Can you think of what, what can help you have faith? Yes. Be kind. Absolutely, that's a great way to build on your faith, yes. Yes, we do need to be kind to ourselves, that's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to read you a story called Solomon Prays for Wisdom. This is from the book of First Kings in the Bible. Okay? So those are the nice pictures. Because it's nighttime. So the owl's hanging out. All right, King David. You guys remember King David? We talked yes. about him a lot. Yeah, okay. So King David was very old, and it was time to choose a new king. He wanted his son Solomon to become king. After King David died, Solomon did become the king. One night, while Solomon was sleeping, God spoke to him in a dream. Solomon, ask me for whatever you want, said God. Do you think he's going to ask for? What do you think? A new king. Well, no, he's the new king. What do you think he's going to ask for? I think he's going to ask for everyone that can, that they wish that everyone could be kind. That everybody could be kind? What do you think? I think he wished for a train. For a train? Train. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. Well, let's find out. Solomon prayed, You have been good to me and made me the king, but I am young and I need your help. Please give me wisdom to know right from wrong so I can be a good king. God was very happy that Solomon asked for wisdom. I will give you wisdom and will bless you, said God. So I wonder, if God came to you in a dream and said, 
ask me for whatever you want, what would you ask God for? Meow. You want a mouse? Okay. Ah. What would you ask God for? Okay. What about you? What would you ask God for? Um, a giraffe and a tiger and a snake. And a bigger parsonage to hold all that? Okay. All right. Can you guys, can we do a repeat after me prayer? Okay, here we go. Dear God, thank you for being wise. Amen. All right, and we got to do something else. That's, that's right, the Lord's Prayer. You ready? All right, all together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy. One each. Oh, uh, come on, guys. Three. Okay. Just one. Raspberry, raspberry, raspberry or cherry? Blue raspberry. Oh, yep. this is blue raspberry. Blue raspberry. I have one that's booked in. All right, off to Sunday school. Go learn some stuff. I've always wanted a Shetland giraffe because you know it'd be short. Although we do have the skylights in the parsonage, just pop the window. No? Okay. Looking at my trustees. They're saying no. Oh. All right. If you would rise as you are able uh, and join in singing hymn number 711 for all the saints, and we're going to do verses 1 through 3, and then 5 and 6.
sitting. You may be seated. Good morning. My name is Fonda. I will be liturgist, and I will be assisted this morning by Barb McCarwich. Uh, November 1st is officially All Saints Day, and at Stony Creek we take the Sunday closest to November 1st and remember all of our saints that have passed on during this year. If you will turn in your bulletins now, you're going to see what's called the Liturgy of Faith. And I ask you to read responsibly with me. It's pretty easy to understand. Uh, I am the leader, and you will respond where it says all. Ever-loving God, this day revives in us memories of loved ones who are no more. What happens, happiness, when they walked among us? What joy, when loving and being loved, we lived our lives together? Their memory is a blessing forever. Days Weeks, months, or maybe years have passed, and still we feel near to them. Our hearts yearn for them. The bitter grief has softened. A duller pain abides. For the place where once they stood is empty now. The links of life broken the links of love and longing cannot break. Their souls are bound up in ours forever. We see them now with the eye of memory, their faults forgiven and their virtues grown stronger and longer. So does goodness live and weakness fade from sight. We remember them with gratitude and bless their names. Their memory is a blessing forever. And we remember the members as well who but yesterday were part of our congregation, community, and families. To all who cared for us and labored for all people, we pay tribute. May we prove worthy of carrying the tradition of our faith, for now the task is ours. Their souls are bound up in ours forever. We give you thanks, O God, that they now live and reign with you. As a great crowd of witnesses, they surround us with their blessings and offer you hymns of praise and thanksgiving. They are alive forevermore in Christ Jesus. Amen. We will now begin reading the names of the saints. And as each saint is read, their light will be lit and we will pause and remember them. Cass Miller, husband of Regina Miller. Wanda Burton, mother of Regina Miller. Tammy Reinerson, sister of Randy Lovelett, sister-in-law of Kristen Adamski Lovelett. David Cranson, 
brother of Beverly Berry. Penny Seibert, wife of Tom Seibert. Donald Morris Durham, husband of Annette Durham. Diane Ray, wife of Pastor Kenneth Ray. Kenneth Cranson, brother of Beverly Berry. Robert Earl Winkle, husband of Donna Winkle, father of Sherry Winkler and Laura Lambert. Sandy Daprich, wife of Fred Daprich, daughter of Beverly Berry, mother of Teddy Dustin Daprich. Josephine Cranson, sister-in-law of Beverly Berry, wife of David Cranson. Anita Parks, wife of Harry Parks. Reverend Stanley L. Harding, friend of Reverend Michael Vollmer. Carol Wilson, daughter-in-law of Laurel Wilson, wife of Randy Wilson. Patricia Ann Well Bunyay, mother of Guy Bunyay, mother-in-law of Katie Bunyay. Joanne Lucille Fuller, mother of Katie Bunyay, grandma of Jacob. I'm having a moment. Jacob and Lucy, I apologize. The last candle that we write the light this morning reminds us of those saints that have gone on before whose name was not read out loud but who remains forever in our hearts. Immediately after the service we invite all of the families to come up and take home their light and also take a rose in remembrance of our saints today. And I also would urge you to read the signs in the entranceway, which gives us some background. Thank you very much for sharing this service with us. We will continue. We also will be having a coffee hour after the service and invite you to join us for that as well. If you would please read aloud with me our prayer for illumination. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, O God. With your word enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we might live in hope through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture this morning is from Psalms 149. Remember now, the Psalms were written when the Israelites were prisoners or slaves in Babylon. 
and they were treated very rough. They were made fun of for their religion. And so some of the Psalms have words in them that don't seem to belong. Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the absence of his faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name and dance and make music to him from timbrets and harps. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful people rejoice in the honor and sing for joy on their beds. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nation and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with feathers, their notables with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people. Praise the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, if you are able, will you please stand as we sing hymn number 529, How Firm a Foundation, verses 1 through 4. second scripture reading for today can be found on page 1021 in the Bibles in the pews. We are in the sixth chapter of Luke's gospel, looking at verses 20 through 31. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are wed fell now, well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, 
for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you'd please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Loving God, you find happiness in truth and justice. Your Son, our Savior Jesus, called us to care for others, to help the oppressed, to work for love and justice for all people. We ask that you would send your Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds. Help us to hear where the Spirit would lead so that we might be reflections to the world of your unending love and grace. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning once again to you all. I hope this All Saints Sunday is one that offers you time to reflect on those who have moved on into perfection, into salvation, and hopefully remember some of the best memories of times that you shared with them. This Sunday can often be one of mixed feelings and emotions as we remember our loved ones who have moved on from this life into the next. And it it doesn't matter if they did so more recently or longer ago. We all mourn in our own ways and in our own time. If anyone ever tells you that you're not mourning enough or you're mourning too much or you don't seem sad enough or or anything like that, if anyone ever tells you how they think you should be grieving, kindly tell them that your pastor has assured you that you are doing what you need to do. And if that doesn't work, you have my full permission to invite them to take a long walk off a short pier. I say that half-jokingly, but it is so important that we all take the time that we need to mourn, however long or short that is, and in whatever way is most beneficial to each of us. When we deny ourselves the opportunity to mourn, when, when we try to bottle it up or just push it off to the side, well, that only works for so long. Because what happens is it keeps building up inside us until it bursts forth like a river dam and it floods your heart and your mind. And I say this from personal experience. When you do not allow yourself to mourn, it will come out eventually and often at what I would call inopportune times. Breaking down crying in the middle of the frozen food section of the grocery store is not a fun or pleasant experience. People tend to look at you funny, wondering why you are crying while you are holding a bag of frozen corn. Again, personal experience. Another thing that I hope happens for you on this All Saints Sunday is that that you find some joy and happiness as you think about your loved ones. Not everyone will. We are all in different places, but I hope that it can happen for all of us. I have lost different people in my life in regards to their relationships to me. Family members, friends, mentors, lovers, and, and others. Some of those people I can look back at now and focus more on the happy memories. I can find myself feeling joy and thankfulness for the time that we shared together. 
Others I am still very much mourning for and have not yet quite gotten to that point where I can find that joy. And I am somewhere in the middle with where I'm still mourning and feeling sad. But I also remember some of the wonderful experiences and times with all of these people. The whole process we go through when we lose someone we love is a spectrum of emotions and ways in which we cope. People will often reference the five stages of grief that people go through, which are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Now, I cannot say for certain, or at least absolute certainty, that every single person goes through each one of these stages. But from my own experience, I can say that I believe we can move between them and even in between them. Shuffling back and forth as other things in our lives happen around us and impact us. I do not believe that grief can really be like a 12-step program that we just work through one step at a time necessarily. But I do believe that all of those stages mentioned, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, all of those are part of the way in which we grieve. How much time we spend on any single one of those is different for every person. There's no perfect plan or recipe for going through the grieving process. Kind of nice if there was. It could be really handy if we could just know how many days we will need so we could plan our lives accordingly and circle that last date on our calendars, like looking towards a vacation or a birthday. But just like almost everything else in this life, it's not that simple and it's not that black and white. The one thing I always try to do, and I admit I am not always successful in it, but I do try is that no matter how I feel or where I am in my grieving, I try to hold on to one single moment, memory of happiness or joy that I shared with someone or I experienced because of them. Again, it doesn't always work, but I still try because I found that it does help me a great deal when I'm able to. But I acknowledge that that may not do that for everyone. When I look at our reading today in the sixth chapter of Luke's Gospel, I find a very striking message of encouragement for all the saints of Jesus Christ to live out our faith in the midst of difficult circumstances. We find this pattern of four blessings contrasted with four woes that all serve the purpose of encouraging believers to look heavenward during the trials and tribulations that we face in life. And this encouragement that we find here is all grounded in the life, the ministry, and the exaltation of Jesus Christ. The same Jesus Christ who provides for us a great hope and an internal inheritance. And we're not the only ones who can look for and find this encouragement and joy. The people of the time of Jesus and early Christians could as well, especially the apostles. The apostles were able to find joy in suffering on account of Jesus and the gospel. But I do want to caution and point out that this theology of suffering simply means that there is eternal meaning in our enduring difficult circumstances for the sake of the kingdom of God. As you may have heard me say in the past, when we look at the Gospels, those stories, that history, we always find that Jesus turns things upside down time and time and time again. 
And I really truly believe that this is because in God's rule, the order of things will be reversed. Luke chapter 18 verse 14 tells us that all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. And we look back at our passage today from the sixth chapter of Luke, and hopefully we find that it tends to drive home this topsy-turvy good news that are you weeping? You are blessed because you will laugh. Do people hate, exclude, and revile you on account of the Son of Man? Then jump for joy, for your reward is great in heaven. Do not forget their grandparents hated and excluded the prophets as well. The poor and the hungry are called blessed, for their fortunes will be reversed. This is all good news indeed. If you are poor, hungry, weeping, or excluded for God's sake. But what about those of us who sit with bellies full, big smiles on our faces, at the nicest seats at the most exclusive restaurants? Good news? Well, maybe not so much. Because remember, those four blessings are matched point by point with woe-to-you statements. One might even call them curses, although I'm not sure I would necessarily, as it seems odd to put a curse in the mouth of the Lord, the Lord of love. That may just be me. The rich, the full, the laughing, the well-regarded, all of their fortunes will be reversed, he says. The scripture passage can often cause some of the people in the pews to squirm a little bit, especially because many of us fall into some of these categories, if not potentially all of them. And if all of that wasn't enough, then Jesus goes on to talk about how we need to love our enemies, do good things to those who hate us, bless those who curse us, pray for those who mistreat us, If someone slaps us on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes our coat, we shouldn't withhold our shirt from them. We should give to everyone who asks us. And if anyone takes what belongs to us, we should not demand it back. Really? Come on, Jesus. All that talk in the beginning about who's blessed and who's going to suffer, which, again, many fit into that second group, Now you're telling us we should love our enemies. We should bless the people that curse us and pray for the people who mistreat us. These instructions were absolutely counter to what would be expected in that time. Pretty much like it would be today, honestly. The fact that half or more of the apostles did not get up and walk away at that point is a testament to their faith in Jesus and what he was teaching them. None of this sounds like good news for people who are doing well financially, who eat well, or they are in good humor or well-regarded around town. Of course, I would imagine back then, and absolutely today, people would be asking things like, well, Jesus, how do you measure rich exactly? Is that anything over six-figure income each year? Or is it just the 1% that hold the majority of the wealth in our world? And what does well-fed really mean? Like, I'm not starving, but I don't shop at Whole Foods, so how does that get weighed? And I laugh at funny things, Jesus, but if I'm indifferent or even depressed most of the time, Am I safe on that one? And where we're talking about these mentions of of good regards from, is that just word of mouth on the street? Or do my Facebook likes 
my Instagram likes or my Twitter mentions count too. You see, in this instance, Luke, Luke's Jesus here, is fulfilling God's compassion for the oppressed. Jesus' first words to people in Luke's gospel repeat the words from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. All throughout Luke's gospel, Jesus lives this out by talking with those who are out on the margins, challenging the status quo, and convicting those who feel so certain that they are in fact righteous. It's easy to see why some people didn't like Jesus. He called out the injustices of society. He pointed out the hypocrisy in law and in the way religion was practiced. His words made people look inside themselves and even see some of the ugly parts, the parts they were ashamed of and tried to hide. The truth is that when we live in the center rather than the margins, we enjoy privilege rather than discrimination. Then we tend to read Jesus' words and our hearts begin to sink. The good news is we don't need to stay in that space. A sincere reflection on our lives and the power of the gospel can move us from terror and dejection to hope and commitment. Anyone who has been looking for happiness by acquiring that house that's just a bit bigger or who is seeking the approval of the elite, well, they may find some release in knowing that those things are actually hollow. The truth is that there's always going to be a house that is bigger and fancier on a bigger piece of land than, than what you have. And there will always be more and more powerful people to try and please and impress. Now, there may be that rare person who makes a radical change and leaves a high-powered corporate job to teach reading in the inner city. But for most of us, the change will be more subtle most of the time. On All Saints Sunday, we cherish the memories of those who have gone on before us in the faith. And we know that some of the everyday saints struggle just as we do to hear this passage as good news. But then there have also been other more renowned saints that have lived the gospel in truly spectacular ways. And their stories should not be used to shame anyone or make anyone feel bad. No, those, those stories can inspire us and, and even convict us to do more, to claim the blessing and to avoid the woe. I pray that you might spend some time in the coming days to, to consider all of this, to reflect on the saints from your own life who are no longer in this world, but rather waiting for us when we return home to God in salvation, to that place that has been prepared for us. And I pray that no matter where you are in your mourning and grieving, that if not now, you will one day be able to find at least that one single moment or memory of joy and use that to help you through the hardest times. Amen. I invite you to rise as you are able for our closing hymn, number 670, Go Forth for God.
apologize. I will not be able to join you for the fellowship hour. I have to go to uh, our other church in Macon for their worship service. But I hope to be with you in spirit, and I hope it is a time of sharing memories and maybe getting to see some faces you haven't seen in a while. But now, beloved siblings in Christ Jesus, love your enemies, pray for those who oppose you, answer evil with good, give to those in need, for yours is the kingdom of God. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ gave you a spirit of wisdom and revelation to live in hope today and always. Amen. Mm-hmm.